Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Happy New Year's! Yay! Yay. It's... Well, you sounded excited. (laughs) Wow. It's 2024. Is that hard to believe? Every time we, you know, switch a calendar date to a new year, I'm always like, wow, another year gone. That's in, that's yeah. interesting and yeah. incredible at yeah. the same time because we're still alive. That <laughs> means God has left us here for more time to be about his business. And so we always, you know, most of us kind of have that whole idea of a New Year's resolution. You know, some of us have given up totally on that. But these are some funny ones that we saw that we thought we would just leave. Before in. you get into that, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm glad glad it is Christians who are listening to us because that was a very enthusiastic greeting you gave and all that. I'm thinking, <laughs> man, if they were hung over right now after New Year's <laughs> Eve and listen to that greeting, that would have been like, so <laughs> if you're a Christian yeah. and you're hung over, yes. <laughs> repent. You and, might want to make yes. that your resolution. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. there we go. But some fun resolutions. Yeah. Well, um, we did hope you have fun last night. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. We Christians can have fun. Yes. Okay. We sometimes make it up till 12. Sometimes yeah. we don't. Just yeah. depends. But hey. Can I tell them a little thing you probably never heard? Most people don't know this. I actually just shared this with my brother and he was quite shocked. So we we didn't go this year to, we went to go see our child on the other side of the earth but we have a daughter most people most of you have listened to us for a while know we have a daughter who's married to a dutchman and lives in the netherlands with our seven little dutch grandbabies <laughs> but new year's eve in the netherlands they're is american fascinating too, yes so they know. are in america yeah, <laughs> yeah. they i but, remind them of that yeah. frequently <laughs> yes you're half american yeah <laughs> but uh they on new year's eve in the netherlands they shoot off fireworks the whole and day the whole day yeah. and i mean we're not talking like little firecrackers these are I mean, people spend major hundreds, hundreds of dollars to shoot off major fireworks, things that we used to see at, you know, like the downtown fireworks show in a city, mm. like the neighbors are just shooting these things off. First, I'm like, how much did this cost? And two, don't shoot it toward <laughs> my house. Make sure it goes toward the air. <laughs> yeah. But it's really fascinating. Everybody goes out during the day and night and watching fireworks go off. But this is so Dutch. And I just love this. My shout out to the uh, Dutch. The next day on New Year's Day, I don't know what time, like eight and nine in the morning, they all go out and sweep up the streets for all the debris that's left over. And that's why the Netherlands is such a clean, neat city. That's how they go off. Country. So, country. Country. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, anyways, <laughs> I kind of missed that this year, but yeah. that meant we had to be in cold and snow and or not snow, but cold weather, rainy weather. So we uh, opted for Hawaii. Yeah, that's where our other child is stationed in Hawaii. Yeah, we know, carrying our padded cross. Yes, yeah, we decided to suffer. But anyway, shout out to you, (laughs) Bethany, and uh, our Dutch family out over there, and uh, hope you swept up all that debris the next morning. But anyway. Well, see, you didn't, most of you did not know that. And no. probably thinking, why did I need to know that? But I, I don't know. You're quite Back to New today. Year's. I know. Back to <laughs> yes. New Year's. Let's talk about some resolutions that we saw people make. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is a big one. This is a big one. Order every drink on the Starbucks menu. Wow. Yeah. That's mm. a, quite a resolution. You this, are going to be wired and person probably overweight after you're done with Might that. want to get a life. Okay. <laughs> Another one. Perfect my charcuterie board skills. Oh. I was like, oh, by the time you perfect it, it's probably out. Yeah. So don't worry about that one. Okay. I will attempt to learn to do a headstand. Somebody, that was their resolution. Wow. Well, you know. I want to aim a little higher, but. Yeah. Hey, it's a thing. Um, This is a good one. To not act my age. When I saw that, I thought, wait a minute. 
That could be interpreted two ways, can it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm thinking, okay, it's an older person. You want to be young like, at yeah, heart? Yeah, they want to be young at heart, but I'm thinking, eh, a lot of people really don't act their age. They're immature, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how I was supposed to take that. Yeah. So. I like it. This is a good one. Stop making lists. Well, <laughs> here we are, making lists. Yeah, so, so I guess we failed on that one. Yeah, so. I guess we Now, did. here's one of mine. One of my podcast, I mean, for my resolutions is for this podcast. I want to start being funny. That's one of my <laughs> resolutions. So I think you're funny. Well, thank you. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Anyways, what is your resolution? Yes. Um, are you going to keep it? How did you do last year? Yeah. And uh, that's why aim low and then you're never disappointed. <laughs> but if you aim too high, you may be disappointed. So, uh, anyway. I like that. I, yes. I purposefully do this in December at some point is like just think through even my last year's ones and then think about this year. And, you know, I know most of us don't even make it through the first month when we make a resolution. Um, but we have today a resolution that we want you to consider to make because it's really an important one. Because our goal in having you make this is so that you can start to comfortably say what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1. Yeah. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. So all, all laughter aside, you can't laugh, you can't joke on this one. It's really a serious one because we really desire for you as we're recording this that you would live a life worth following yeah, right yeah so people look at you and you i find very few people can actually say this verse um yeah, be imitators of me as i'm of christ and uh, look at me look at me follow me follow my example in my marriage follow my example on how i handle my money follow my example in how i interact with my family how, mm. follow my example at work you know imitate me as i imitate christ now, yeah. Paul, literally, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.16, doesn't even put in the and Christ. He just says, be imitators of me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. either Paul is very arrogant or he was onto something. Hmm. But I find most people can't say this. In fact, I just did it with a guy the other day. and Because I, I, this is a foundational for any people. Just so you know, if you ever go through my discipleship program, this is, one of the first, this is the first verse you'll memorize. Mm. Because I want you to live this kind of life. And you do this with your women too, don't you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I you know most people are, oh, no, don't look at me. Just look, I'm nothing. Just look at Jesus. And I always do the, I'm looking around the room going, well, I'm looking and I don't see Jesus. But, you know, <laughs> you're sitting here. I'm looking at you. Why can't I look at you to see Jesus? That's yeah. what we want to do. We want to kind of live that life. And so that's what Paul and I want to do. And we, you know, we're in our 60s now and we don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to mm -hmm. be arrogant. That's, mm -hmm. But we, we have our eyes fixed on Jesus. And so we say to young people, look at us. Look at our marriage. Look at our, how we raised our kids. Look at how we lived our life financially. Look at how we interact with people. Mm -hmm. Look what we're still doing with our life. Imitate us because we're imitating Christ. Yeah. And our, our um, longing is always for someone a life step ahead of us. And so we look for that in older people mm -hmm. too. And we gravitate when we find those older people in us. You know, our joke of that is <laughs> it's a little hard because they're either dead or senile. But, <laughs> but hey, we're getting, you know. Yeah. But in all seriousness, yeah. we have some older friends that we look at and go, wow, they're finishing well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, where, the that's the stage of life we're at. We're finishing well. So I think it's interesting, this word imitate that we see that Paul uses in the Greek there, it's mimetos. Mimetes, actually. I'm sorry. I know you were going to correct me on my Greek pronunciation <laughs> yeah, there. It was, mimetes. Yeah. I actually have the Greek written there in front of me, mimetes. <laughs> well, I can't and, uh, read Greek either. So uh, you're so probably safe. Three years me. of it. I should read some of it, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting word. We get the word mimic from it. And uh, it's a present middle Im uh, imperative. 
uh, oh. Greek grammar. Oh, and well, so- that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got it. Well, you know, there we go. <laughs> Let me explain that. So it's a present tense. It's a middle voice, and it's an imperative command. It's a command, okay? Uh, that, what that means is it's not a one-off, okay? Mm. It's a command, so it's not something we should just think about doing. We should do it. We should mm. imitate Paul is Paul, Paul saying, imitate me. He's commanded. Imitate me as I imitate mm. Christ. Here's an example. Uh, and it's to keep on doing, keep on imitating. Yeah, I was just going to say, what you said, when you said it wasn't a one-off, it means that we keep on doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, and, and that carries with it the idea of what the word means. Because it's we think of sometimes the word imitate of just like, like mimic, okay, mimic. Mm. But in the Greek, we get the word mimic, but it's all, more the idea of pattern. Okay, it's not just like hmm. rigid law, like rigidly follow, do exactly what I do, you know, hold the fork the same way I hold the fork, but you know, that kind of, no. In other know, words, it's not a program. Yeah, no, it's a pattern, it's a process. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. So I like that, follow, you keep doing it. Yeah, follow my pattern as I follow Christ's pattern. And what was Christ's pattern? Humility, sacrifice, putting others above himself and that type of thing. Mm. And so that's the kind of pattern we want to see I want people to see in us as we, because we're trying to see, because we saw it in Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good resolution for this year, yeah. isn't it? Well, that's not our resolution. No, but <laughs> that is a good resolution. Yeah. Yes. No, that, yeah, that's your goal. How's that? That's your goal. There you go. Yeah, that's there actually, you go. We, yeah, we're just talking off the top of our heads here, but that's that's would be our goal. Our goal yeah. is to be for you to be able to say that. Yeah. Okay, now we want you to make a resolution that will help you make that goal. Yes. And this is one we didn't consciously make a resolution of this in our life. Like mm. this is going to be the foundational thing. I don't think we ever like put a a moment that we said like we're committing to this. Yeah. It's just when we got saved, we just we did just it. took it seriously. Yeah. And I think mo- yeah. I always say this. You you get born again into conservative theology. You have to be trained in to become a liberal or progressive. Mm. Somebody has to come and tell you the Bible doesn't really mean this, or you know that that things aren't yeah. like what they really think. And if you disagree with this, disciple a new believer. Yeah. And, and if you if you're going to fight with this on this, you probably haven't done that. Yeah. Because when you disciple a new believer and you tell them to read the Bible, they read it. Yeah, they're hungry. They want to know. They, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, same with us. So, okay, Paula, so now we're talking. What is this New Year resolution that we want everyone to make? Yeah, well, we want you to take the Word of God literally whenever possible. Oh. That's it. We can we can see already wheels turning in people's yeah. brains. That's it. As we say that. That's yeah. it. Tell me what to do. No, we're going to tell you what to think. <laughs> yes. Because what you think will affect what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say it again. Take the word of God literally whenever possible. Yeah, or you can kind of say it another way. If the Bible says it, believe it and do it. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. the simplicity yeah. of it. Well, yeah. well, the old fundamentalists we grew up under, and I'm going to use this idea of fundamentalists uh, in, a lot in this podcast, but I like what we grew up Wait, under. stop. Understanding words. Define our term. Right there. Yep. yep. Very good. Because people use that negatively. Yeah, it's I know. like there's a lot of like patriarchy. Yeah. You always hear that in a negative. Yeah. That is not necessarily a negative no, word. No, I wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, exactly. God was a patriarchal God. Yeah. So anyway, that, yeah. I just want to. So I what do we mean clarify. by fundamentalist? 
They believe the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah, they take this, the Bible literally. There was a virgin birth. The Bible is the word of God. There is a literal second coming, those type of things. Hell yes. is real. Heaven is real. Those type of fundamentals, and yeah. they become fundamentals. So if you want to call us that, which again, that- It's a um, badge of honor. Yeah, I'll say thank it you. is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. so, I hear it negative, and it isn't. Yeah. So uh, and what the fundamentalists used to say is, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Yeah. And I like yet, that. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles but it. But the intellectuals and progressives <laughs> come along and say, that's yeah. simple. That's naive. That you yeah. simpleton. Yes. You, Starting to mock us poor, naive fundamentalists for our simple faith. Yeah. Oh, it's not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. You've had people say that. Oh, the gospel isn't that simple. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Jesus said even a child could come believe and yes. come unto him. Yeah. So, and by doing this, um, progressives and intellectuals in, introduced enlightenment ideas, and they argued that the Bible really, 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 really doesn't mean what it says. Yeah. And they were the heirs to the old Gnostics, weren't they? Oh, Doug? yeah, you're bringing up Gnosticism. Look at you. All right. Well, oh, yeah. hey, <laughs> you're embarrassing me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You want to explain how about, Gnosticism? How about you, you want explain me to explain it? it? Okay. Yeah, you yeah, do a little you bit know, better I love this. that. Yeah. You've probably heard us talk about this before, but uh, if you've ever heard Wait, of the Da Vinci... can I spell that word? Because yeah. people don't, you know, they're listening yeah. to us. Gnostics. It's G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S, if you happen to look that up. Yeah. So if you look it up, it's not Gnostics. It's Gnostics. <laughs> it's, not, it's Gnostics, and it comes from the Greek word Gnosis, which is means knowledge and to know something. And what the early Gnostics were, listen, I think I said it like that, right? Early Gnostics. <laughs> early Gnostics were, they had the secret knowledge. They they were cults that oh, would get together. Oh, I like that. Secret knowledge. Yeah, that's it. We know something you don't. And we're basically almost like, we're not going to tell you. You got to come join our society. Mm. We have these secret writings and these secret teachings that uh, and they were cults, and that's what and they. And these they're little new groups. teachings. Yeah. nobody else has heard these before. Yeah, and so they had the and there's like the Gnostic Gospels, the Gnostic writings that were found in the you know in the early churches was a heresy. The Book of Colossians is the clearest example of um, an Orthodox book writing against these Gnostic teachings. So when you say the early church, you mean the early early, early church. church? Yeah. Yes. John too. First uh, John is writing against some of the Gnostics where saying that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, you know, that mm. if you have secret knowledge, it's all about spirit and not about flesh. That's one of the Gnostic, you know, a sect that was teaching that. Another sect was coming along and saying, you have to live a aesthetic life. You know, you can't eat, you can't, you know, touch. And that's why Paul says, you know, people who come along and say, don't eat, don't touch. And those things, they're, they're trying to put law around you. Mm. They're trying to put this. So that's what the Gnostics were. And uh, they were writings, and they're still around today. Hmm. They just uh, come in a different form. Okay, now what we're seeing now we call them intellectuals, intellectuals and progressive Christians. Yeah, and I always love to say this. Uh, there's some, um, there's a famous English bishop who has written, and he's written some very, very good things, very good Orthodox Christian things. But then he gets into some stuff that makes me very nervous. But and how he always justifies what he says if he if he's fighting against what more the fundamentalists or literalists are saying, well, if you understood second temple Judaism, mm. if you understood what was going on in that time, well, then you would not read the scriptures that way. Mm. And that's not In other words, because of his study, he has a secret knowledge that nobody else does. Like mm. you, you poor re people who just know the Bible, 
you don't really know because you need to know what other things were going on at that time. You need to read these other secular writings to understand what Paul really meant and that. We really we really have to guard ourselves against that, don't we? Yeah. I'm a huge reader. You're a huge reader. So we recognize that when we do that, we've got to have a grid that we're looking at things through, don't we? Because yeah. we've seen we've seen a lot of people's faith shipwrecked yeah. through the years. Can we go off on a tangent? I think for our listeners, I, I think you guys, I think you guys will like this to think about this. Uh, um, first on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wanted to think today. Yes. That's why you didn't get drunk last night. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. So, um, <laughs> one of my one of the most interesting passages in the Bible in this area is First Corinthians two ten through um, uh, sixteen, roughly. I'm going to read it. We're going to. I'm, we're going completely off script, and I can see wow. your eyes just got big. Yeah. yeah. Hey. So let's let's have a kind of like our couch time I'm right in. now. Okay. <laughs> Paul says there for to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? So you have the spirit of God in you, right, Paula? Yes. Listeners, if you're born again, do you have the spirit in you? Yes, you do. So God's given us the spirit, the spirit's from God. And then it says this, so that here's the purpose of why we have, or one of the reasons why we have the spirit of God, that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Hmm. That's why a non-born again person is ultimately the ignorant one because they can't understand the things of God because they don't have the spirit of God. In fact, I just said what Paul is going to go on here and says, he says in verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we will instruct him? And I love this last phrase, but we have the mind of Christ. Mm. So listener, if you're born again, never, ever, ever feel like, well, I didn't study. I don't have a degree. I didn't go to seminary. I don't have a PhD. And I, you know, you have something better. Mm. What is it? The, the mind of Christ. Yeah. The spirit of God in you reveals truth to you. And that's how you know. And you need to trust God and his spirit. And when your spirit is checked, when you're studying, when you're hearing somebody, you're listening to watching YouTube and your spirit check, like, is that right? And then mm. Follow the Holy Spirit, not the intellectualism of some usually non-born again person who right. just thinks he's something because he has some degrees some, or she's, and an, an opinion. She's got some, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I should, it's just, it's the pendulum has swung. People don't know when I was in seminary and stuff, very few, I don't even hardly read hardly any books written by women theologians and stuff. That's a huge phenomenon. Now, most books are being pushed out there by publishers, by women theologians and stuff. Right or wrong, I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's just a major shift that's going on there. So my language well, has got to update. And even yeah, yeah, this is true. And even even um, along with that, I would say people who aren't educated in the scriptures. Yeah. I automatically look when I'm looking at somebody to read, where were they trained at? What does yeah. that look like? That's why I'm always hesitant to look at something like just Google. I know we talked about this in podcasts before. Be careful about just Googling for answers. You know, the irony of that is I've noticed recently when I'm looking at that, you know what comes up first? No. 
Jehovah Witness. Oh yeah, the JWs, Mormons. Yeah, they. So got you the, have to really they, be careful. They paid some money for those algorithms, I think. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, just be careful about that. Be careful who you let in when you're studying yeah. the things of God. So we listen to the lies of progressive Christians who appear to be so wise and smart. And we don't want to appear simple and ignorant. We almost got caught up in that, you yeah. know, especially going to seminary. And, you know, I wanted to appear smart and I could handle the scriptures, but I also didn't want to appear to be a fundamentalist. <laughs> yeah. Now, whoa, is that? There's that so, word again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we started listening. Open-minded. We want to be open-minded. Yeah. So we yeah. started listening to the progressives, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We, in some ways. So let's give some examples of that. Like, what do we mean? Most people don't, they, they're thinking like these are major doctrinal issues that we um, wouldn't ride the line on. We're talking about some things like such as this, like, indeed, did God really say certain things? That was the first way that Satan, you know, tempted Eve back in the garden. Did God really say, and this would be an example of that, did God really say, whoever divorces his wife and marries another has committed adultery? Yeah. Did God really say that? Yeah. yeah. Did, did God really say, depart from me, you accursed into the eternal fire? It is prepared for the devil and his angels. Woo. You know, these are these, these are ones that, oh, well, you know, if you're unhappy, it's okay to, you don't have to stay married. If you're, hell, nobody likes hell. You know, yeah. you know hell's been. Really? There's only one way yeah. to God? No. Yeah. yeah. And did God really say that Christ is the head of every man and man is the head of woman and God is the head of Christ? No man is going to tell me what to do, you know, that kind of thing. Did God really say that? Did God really put order into marriage mm. and into family and stuff? No. Yeah, no. loving leadership. Yeah, yeah no. he did. Did God really say so that none of you can be my disciples who does not give up all his own possessions? Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Did he really say that? Mm. Now, the, the pushback on Actually, that. Actually, yes, yeah. he said all those things. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you so know. wait a minute. Are we supposed to walk around then like? you know, beggars and, you know, rags with not owning any possessions. Is that what he meant? Mm. Well, can we unpack that a little bit? Because I think that's such a big thing. Because if you walked into our house, we don't like there's stuff in our house, yeah. right? Yeah. I have an air fryer oh, <laughs> that helps me God. cook. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it, I, let's unpack it just a little bit. Cause I think that that is one of the biggest stumbling blocks. For well, people. I always say if G and the prosperity gospel people use this wrong. It's like Jesus was rich. No, well, I don't know. I, what do you, how do you define rich? But he had, he had no place to lay his head. Yeah, so I would exactly. say that's probably yeah, a good. Foxes, yeah, you just quote a good verse in Luke 9. But Jesus did wear a tunic that was worth so much, worth enough money they didn't want to rip it up. The soldiers did. So they cast lots for it to see mm. who was going to get it. In other words, Jesus owned something. He had a possession. He doesn't expect us to not have possessions. But are we. One, I, I don't want to just say, well, as long as you're willing, that's such a dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah. Are you giving up things? Mm. Are you giving up possessions? Are you wrestling with it? Yeah. Do you look at your purchases in light of eternity? Yeah. That they have eternal value. Yeah. So, but but we try to take that literally. Mm. I always I always train my disciples in saying, tell me the last time you denied yourself buying something or you got rid of something to give it away to show that you were willing to give up your possessions to follow him. Mm. No. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, we all drop our heads when we hear that. Yeah. We do, because it's a wrestling thing, because yeah. it's our flesh. Yeah. We'll we give some comfort. verses. We'll give some other verses in a moment to counter at that. But a thing to remember when we're talking about this is 
it's all about spiritual warfare. This is about Satan. This is what Satan does. Satan, so why despise progressive and liberal Christians is because of it's, they're to be, they don't realize they're being tools of Satan. Mm. Now, one of the things I always train people in, so listeners, here's your new year, another new year's thing just, <laughs> just for you. Always remember this. Satan is crafty and consistent. Mm-hmm. You say that a lot. Yeah. And that's true. He is. He's, he's not an original, is yeah. he? He's not some pitchfork guy running around like an idiot, you know, doing no, no, he's, he's pretty, pretty crafty. Mm. He's my, our enemy. Yeah. And you need to recognize that he has some craftiness about him. In fact, look how he first appears on the scene when he first tempted um, Eve in the garden. Listen how it describes it there. This is Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Yeah. I like what the CSB says. Uh, it says the serpent was the most cunning. I like that. He's cunning. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's. yeah. I said it a few minutes earlier, and it's true. Did God really say? Yeah, that's how the ESV translates it. Did God really say this? Putting doubt about God's word. Yes. And so when we say that, um, that's why we want to combat that, and that's why we think this could be not just a one-off New Year's resolution. It should be like a life resolution, which we've taken. Yeah. And it's proven well in our life, and we've yeah. proven well in others. We've disciples' lives. And what we like to say, and let's just get this out there now. I think maybe we were supposed to say this for the punchline, but let's do it now before they quit listening. <laughs> get back to their, what do you eat on New Year's Day? We used to eat navy beans and pork and sauerkraut. Uh, sauerkraut, yeah. We're from the um, Midwest, the Midwest, Ohio. Midwest, Ohio, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that was right in the middle of it. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. But, uh, and I forgot what I was I even going to say. So let's not give the punchline. Punch yeah. yeah. What was that punchline? <laughs> I don't know. Eat sauerkraut. I got- I got stuck on the New Year's Day menu. I literally was like, oh, I, I guess I should think this. <laughs> Welcome through. to Paul and I's talk. This is me, literally, squirrel. Squirrel. No, Doug, come back. <laughs> squirrel. Rabbit trails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. love your rabbit trails. Yeah. Yeah. So. But we really do need to remember that Satan always attacks the word of God and misinterprets it yeah. and doesn't want us to read it literally. Yeah. We really have to, we have to remember that. It's, it's exactly what you said, Doug. Mm-hmm. This is spiritual battle. Yeah. Nothing happens by coincidence. Yeah. You know, when we look at all the things around the world, these aren't coincidences of who's in power, what this looks like, what wars are raging and all of that. There's a spiritual component behind it. Yeah, there is. So, uh, um, I mean, look at Satan's strategy when he was tempting Jesus. This is something I discovered when I was, uh, studying and it just blew me away. I never thought about it like this. When Jesus was answering Satan, how did Jesus answer Satan? How was he combating the temptations? He is the word of Mark God. Mark 4, yeah, Mark 4, Luke 6. He, Luke 4, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he was using the word of God. So uh-huh. what does Satan turn around and do? He uses the word of God also. Mm. And uh, yeah, actually, go ahead and read the second temptation there. This is out of Matthew 4. I'm sorry, I don't know oh. where I'm at. Then the devil, I'll read it. Then <laughs> the devil lost. took him yeah. into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. And then Satan goes and quotes part of Psalm 91 where it says, he will command his angels concerning you and on the, their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Where is that again? 
That's a Matthew 4. Okay. Yeah. Thank you four for that. Through, I'm not four sure through we ten. said that. Matthew yeah. 4, 4 through 10 is the temptation scene. Uh, I think that's right. It's off the top of my head, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, write me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> Jesus does not, did you notice this? Now, when Jesus gives his answer, he doesn't refute the truth of what he said. He doesn't refute the literalness. If Jesus would have thrown himself off, he would have not fallen to the ground. The angels would have bore him up. Yes. Because the word of God is true. Mm -hmm. Okay. That wasn't a mythical saying out of Psalms. Or maybe, or perhaps. But what does he say? He rebukes Satan not to put the Lord God to the test. Mm. In other words, he... He was actually validating the truthfulness of God's word because mm. it would have been proven true, mm-hmm. but you don't put God to the test with the word. Mm. And so that's, and if you just read the Bible, we've done other podcasts on this. Jesus took the word literally. Jesus took yes. the word. It came to, he was the fulfillment of the law. They weren't just mythologies or ideas. He talks about the truthfulness of everything in the Old Testament. He promised it. <gasps> so guess what? What? Jesus was a fundamentalist. He was. <laughs> was he a fighting fundy? I don't know. Well, he was in the temple when he was throwing chairs and smacking tables. tables. It was tables. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't Not smacking chairs. people. Um, yeah. So Jesus said in Matthew 7, whoever hears these words of mine and does them is the wise person who builds his house upon the rock. God's word is the rock on which we built our life and we made the unconscious resolution a long time ago and now it's just so conscious and clear that if God's word says it, we would believe it and obey it. Mm. And it has never let us down, has it? No, it never has. So let's do a longer podcast for our first new year. We're going to give you a full long one today. Oh, I don't want to make this two parts. All right. Let's just go. All right, let's move then. We have one. Shout out to our friend Let's Trent. Roll. Trent's always like, your podcasts are too short. I always get mad when they're <laughs> off. I'm like, I keep going. I want to keep hearing more. So Trent, this one's for you. <laughs> yeah. Work all day. Listen to this podcast. Yeah, right? go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now this display is on, this is the idea. This idea of the reading the Bible and just believing what it says is on full display in the Christian battle right now over the reading of Genesis 1 through 11. Mm. Okay, if you've ever heard our teaching on the story of the Bible, you know that Genesis one through eleven is the introduction to the Bible. Let me just go. You want to explain that for a second? You want me to? How it's the introduction? Okay. Yeah. If you look at Genesis one through eleven, God is dealing with all human beings. All I mean, at the flood, at creation, obviously in the Tower of Babel, He's dealing with all of the nations together. All the well, there aren't even nations until Genesis (laughs) eleven. He's dealing with all human beings at the same time. Then everything changes in chapter 12 when God calls Abraham, Abram at that time, and starts now working through one man and through his descendants. So clearly shows the story starts in chapter 12 and 1 through 11 is all the beginning. It's the foundation for everything that follows. So if you get that foundation wrong, the story's probably going to go off track. And that's exactly what we see in progressive and liberal Christianity. They always, that's like a non-negotiable. They're always going to attack the truthfulness of literalness of Genesis 1 through 11. They're always, the liberals and progressives are always going to attack it. They're always going to try and explain it away. And then they always get off track when it comes to substitutionary atonement or hell or a physical resurrection, those kind of things. So this is where you see this all the time. So here, here's literally, you see progressive saying these things. Yeah, we. I'm. If any of these sound familiar to you, they should, because you're hearing a lot of this out there. I like, think. Why don't you read them, and then I'll I'll give some commentary of how progressives 
what they say about okay. it. Okay. Um, did God really say that he created the world in six days? No, no, that we know the earth is billions and billions of years old, so it <laughs> couldn't be six literal days of creation. So those are either the word day and night doesn't mean day and night or it means, you know, a day is like a thousand years. So this is millions and millions. There's no way he created it in six days. Mm, it's funny. It says six days. Okay. Um, another one. Did God really create a perfect and good earth with no death or pain? No. Evolution has proven that death and the primordial soup and what crawled out of that was getting over survival of the fittest. And so there's been death and pain from the very beginning. He might have created a good primordial soup, I guess, and perfect. But when humans started to evolve and stuff, they were killing and there was pain and there was death at the very beginning. Hmm. Funny, we don't yeah. keep evolving. Okay, the next one. Did God really make Adam from the dust of the ground and Eve from his side? No, genetics has proven that there is that uh, humans did not come from just two people. It came from a whole group of people, I guess, that evolved out of that primordial soup. I mean, they don't have a complete answer, but they have enough answer to show that we're wrong and they're right. Mm. Well, yeah, we'll see if that one yeah. proves true, right? <laughs> Was the serpent really Satan? Did it really talk? Did Adam and Eve really eat fruit and sin then resulted? No. Serpents don't have vocal cords. It wasn't talking and no eating an apple, which it, even we would say we don't know if it was an apple. could have been <laughs> yeah. a pear and everybody said so because there was a pear in the garden, Adam and Eve. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny see my new year resolution is proved true I, I got a funny one in there all I, right I, that wasn't even scripted no, there you that's go pretty good i love it yeah but um but <laughs> to think that literally sin death and all that came because somebody ate fruit mm -hmm. and disobeyed that's just obviously that's mythology and not true yeah wow it's amazing that uh Jesus talks about that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, did God really bring all the animals into the ark? All the animals? No, the dinosaurs <laughs> were not on the ark. The dinosaurs were pre-humans and, and and that, and they're billions of years old, so we know the ark story's myth, and that's that's not literal and stuff. And that would lead into, was there really a universal flood? No, there's no way there was. It might have been localized, some local flooding in the Palestine, you know, Palestine, Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia area, but there was no universal flood that geology's proven that all wrong. Mm. So did tribalism and nationalism and language barriers happen as a result of sin at the tower of Babel? No, that just evolved. That's how people were and people in different areas spoke different languages and languages just evolved. So, you know, you just can't, this obviously. could go on yeah. and on yeah. and on. So, and obviously, Doug was being facetious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not what I believe. I'm just saying yeah. that's what the progressives say. And they, I mean, I kind of we were mocking it. They give them really good arguments. Yeah, they get. Yeah. We, in fact, when we were talking about this on the couch, you were kind of asking questions. I was just firing away at you. I sound. <laughs> I mean, I sounded pretty good. I'm like, yes. I'm. Yeah, this is what smart people yeah, say. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people um, need to realize when we talk about these things. There are arguments for them. It's not like, okay, they're just, they're, you know, stupid people. It's not that. They're often, they are intellectual people. The thing is, I love what someone said to us very recently. We were talking about some things that would be considered um, one of the things we talked about here. There's mystery. Yeah. There just is mystery. There is mystery. The word yes. of God. Uh, but 
there are answers too. Well, you, I know, but you, I, it, you're both. It's both ends. It radical is, middle. It is. You're going to live with mystery, but why do you have to try and answer things that? Why can't? Okay, so you ask me, why? Why would people believe in like? That, that the world was billions of years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they just take the six days in the creation? I, why, and you why were do we have sho- to argue? You it? were shocked. My answer. My answer is like, well, that's like saying the Earth's flat. Okay, <laughs> there are flat Earthers out there because the Bible says there's four corners of the Earth, and so the Bible's clearly talking about a flat Earth. And so, <laughs> you're, those pictures of a round Earth are not from space. They're from somebody's basement, and they made them <laughs> up. And so, for you to say that the Earth is only ten thousand years, six ten thousand years old, you're you're just as much a you're just a flat Earther. Science has clearly proven all these things. Hmm. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like that's you want to be intellectual. You're going to believe what astrophysics has shown and astronomy and the expanding universe and all these arguments and you know light. How well the, if it's not billions of years old, how did the stars that we see that are thousands of light years away? How did mm-hmm. they? We how did the light get here? You know that kind of thing. Unless it's billions of years old, and I mean they they sound right, mm-hmm. but they're. Here is the bottom line. What's your starting point? What's your foundation? And here is where uh, I want to challenge each one of you listeners to just during this new year, and we're talking about this resolution, and we're actually pretty serious Mm. because we're not perfect, of course. Nobody ever has to say that. We don't have all the answers. Yeah, that's stupid that I wouldn't say, of course, we're not perfect. Why would I even think (laughs) that? Of course, you know that. Nobody is. But we're here to tell you the Bible's true. Jesus is right when he says, if you build your word, you build your life upon the word. Mm-hmm. Every time we failed, well, we're going to talk about this in a second. And I bet every time you failed, it's because you didn't obey. Take the word of God literally and obey it. Mm-hmm. You try to explain it away. And if you can explain it away, and then you can make it say anything you want. Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the thing. What's your foundation? Is it science? Is it science? Because science says this, then that must be true. Now we have to fit the Bible into science. Yeah. Or is the word of God true and what it says true and we'll fit science into it? Mm. Because, you know, again, it's just so funny. It's so absurd. It's almost like, you know, we were talking about the, you know, the podcast. People are just so blinded, you know, the the gaze for um, Palestine, you know, the, the gaze you know, or from from the river to the sea, that was the one. The gays are holding up that sign, and you go like, do you know what Islam says about homosexuality? Are you that ignorant of what it says? It's just a fact that in Islam, they will kill you if you are a homosexual. It just says, but why were they protesting for this? It just, you know, people are just so ignorant and just blind. Uh, when, when, when it talks about the earth, does anyone agree how old it is? Well, no, Paul, it's 300 million years old. No, it's 600 million years old. No, it's 3.2 billion years. They just make up numbers. They make up numbers. They have no idea. Now, we have an idea. If we say, well, Genesis and genealogies, it can be, you know, of course, there's gaps in the genealogy. So 6,000 years, you know, they don't have to believe Bishop Usher of what, the 15th century, 16th century, I think, 6,000 years a whole exactly. It could be 8,000, 9,000, but. But why are you believing in an old earth? Because your foundation is you're going to believe science first. You're going to make mm. the Bible fit into it. Mm. And I just can't go there. Mm-hmm. I can't go there. Now, again, I'm not going to break fellowship with an old earther. I'm not. 
But this is a foundational thing because, yes. because this is why transgenderism is so big right now. Hmm. Because God didn't really make a male and female. Mm. You know, this is... Well, it, it really is what we say. If you start throwing part of the Bible away, at what part do you stop? They don't throw it away. What are they? But this is my point. Or reinterpret. Liberals throw it away. They reinterpret. They reinterpret. You yes. know, marriage, divorce, and all that. It's living together. We can do what we want because we created marriage. We can make marriage between man and man or woman and woman. Why? Because because it's a social construct. It's not something God ordained in mm. Genesis 2, 24 and 25. Mm. That's not literal. That's mythology. See, mm. that's what progressives do. And yeah. that's so dangerous. And this is why so many people's lives are being ruined. Now, I want to be careful here. Let's talk about this. Fundamentalist. Nobody wants to be called a fundamentalist. <laughs> We're joking about but we don't. You know, it was funny because I was having this conversation with another pastor um, a, a number of weeks ago, and they used the terminology, and I said, I prefer conservatism. <laughs> Call me a conservative. I'm yeah. good with that because I understand the component of that when, yeah. we, when we say that where we don't mean it. We don't mean it good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, anyways, okay, I'm going on. I just yeah. went off on a long <laughs> yeah. tangent. But I want, but this but is- the our, bottom what, line is we are going to spend a lot of 2024 refuting and talking through these type of things of what could um, be a crack in our faith. Yeah. Because we're not taking the Bible at what it says. Oh, I didn't tell you my new idea. Oh, no, just <laughs> you no. Know I'm going to do it right here on air. Uh, no, you aren't. No, no, you aren't. Because <laughs> we always laugh about this. We are very long today. We're sorry. Doug is a verbal processor, and I am not. <laughs> so we change frequently just because Doug is verbally yeah. processing. So. so let's pull back. Yeah. And you are freaking out about the thing. time. So we're going a little long and I I'm am. glad. Welcome to 2024. <laughs> this is your year to take the Bible literally and serious. And we're showing the emphasis on this by how long this is. We yeah. think this, this changed our lives, Paula. Two yes. kids who were sinners, who were messed up. Her marriage shouldn't have worked. Our, our kids should have been failures. We should have all... Literally, our finances, we should have been just living in debt and, 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 and want and all that. How did we get to where we're at? Well, because of God's grace, for sure. Yeah. But we live and believe that this is the Bible, is the Word of God, and we're going to live it, and we're going to take it literally. Yeah. And so why wouldn't we want to make this an emphasis? So Yeah. Now, I'll give you one example. We're going to give two stories to end this. One is my, uh, an example of not taking the Word of God literally and not obeying it and seeing it. And if you have a failure in your life right now, you see, don't see blessings, you need to go back and look. Is there, are you taking God's word serious and, and living it and obeying it? Or are yeah. you trying to have explained it away? Mm. Uh, I was in, uh, if you, many of you know, I tried to go to a Christian college and it was just a weird experience. So I dropped out and I wanted to get married. But before I dropped out, I'll never forget two guys came into my room and they quoted me Proverbs 24, 27. And they were saying, you need to finish college. And Proverbs twenty four twenty seven says, "Prepare your work, uh, prepare your work outside, and make it ready for yourself in the fields. Afterwards, build your house." And they said, "You need to get your job. You need to get your career set up, and then go and marry Paula." Because I just I knew I was supposed to marry you. And they said, "If you don't do this, you're going to have problems." And I didn't. I knew it. I knew in my heart I should have listened to him because that's what God's word said. But I didn't because I wanted to marry you so bad. And I'm glad I married you. Don't think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. put that in there. But if there was hardship in the first part of our marriage, what was it? Career, 
I had to work two jobs. I had, you had to work. You know, we were freaking out. And There's praise God, he led us to the military. Involved. And that's where yeah. things started. It wasn't until the military that we started to see this being overcome. But because of not obeying that verse, not following that advice in God's Proverbs are a little bit, Proverbs aren't commands, but they show the wisdom of it. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't live in that wisdom, we suffered at the beginning with our finances and career and, and that. So, yeah, that's an example. Yeah. Um, I have uh, the opposite of a time where we did follow the word of God out of Mark 10, where Jesus says, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. So, a time where I really believe for myself that we followed. This was our call to the mission field. We left a house that we loved. Our house was 1835. It was a historic house and a historic place and a national park. We lived close to both our families at that time. So we had the support of families, which we had never had when the kids were growing up. And things like that. So, you mean you never had because we were in the military? Yeah, because not, didn't live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We because we back. lived. Yes, exactly. We lived to be near family. So when we when we made that choice, we gave up a lot. We gave the money away from the sale of our house. We got rid of all of our stuff. We went overseas, and you know we didn't have anything when we came back, really and came back from the mission field 12 years later. And yet God has restored every single thing, yeah. everything. And it, it's it, when you follow the word of God, you don't always see the outcome right away, but eventually you will yeah. when you do what is right. And that was a big step for us. And I don't think we ever did it with the idea in mind, well, if we do this, God's going to give us this. We, we didn't. That wasn't, that wasn't the case. But God is good like that. He yeah. really is. It's, Do we live in a mansion? No, we live in a condo Even if we in could, Tampa, we Florida. Wouldn't yeah, yeah, we wouldn't. That wouldn't be us. Um, but, the, but the point being is like God has restored. If you have a mansion, that's fine. We just don't live in one. Yeah. But because <laughs> yeah. that's our calling. It's your calling, what you're doing. Yeah. But let me just go go back to that teaching because we just read earlier about give up all your possessions. But here even Jesus says you're going to receive houses and lands and these things in this mm. life and in the age to come eternal life. Mm. This reminds me of the radical middle and Luke 638, which is one of my favorite. Give and it will be given to you. Mm. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over for mm. what your standard of measure will be measured back to you. If you give, if you're like give all your possessions, God's gonna give back. Yeah. You can't now, he's gonna take God. care of you. You can't Hang, give God. You can't out give God. Sometimes yeah. we talk over each other, I realize a little bit, but in the sense of we're both talking at the same time, but you can't outgive God, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. So here's with this new, new year's resolution that we hope you make, mm. not just that. I hope it's a life resolution to take mm. the God word of God literally whenever you can. And the reason we say whenever you can, because when Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. We don't want you running around cutting <laughs> off your arms. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a figurative thing. He's saying be extreme, but that's why we live the radical Christian life. Cause we want to be somewhat extreme, not that extreme. But so, <laughs> I mean, obviously he's using, there's figurative and symbolism in the Bible. We're not saying that. Yeah. But when you can take it literally, why not? Yeah. Why not? And we're going to leave you with this phrase. The word of God always proves true. Thanks for listening to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. 
But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.